watching KCMI-TV. Well, I'd like to talk to you about some things that over the years I found that you have to understand or you're not going to survive in this hour. And uh, <clears throat> being in this time that we're in, it's very, very perplexing. Uh, I think we went through a, a long period of time in which uh, there was just a lot of prosperity in the church. A lot of believers were doing well. There was just an excelling. And then all of a sudden, especially with the last two or three years, <clears throat> there's been such a, a change. And um, I think the faith movement was a great movement. I love the fact that, that there was so much teaching on faith. But I think to some degree there was a negative side to it that a lot of people begin to feel like that as believers, you're never going to suffer. And um, so we, we actually, we've raised up a generation of people in America that don't deal well with adversity. Uh, they want instant gratification. Uh, they don't deal well with problems. And unless you know how to deal with setbacks and adversity, uh, you're not going to survive. And so um, <clears throat> we, we've raised up a generation that uh, was taught in the church that Christians are just going to prosper and be blessed. And then what happens is, is when they're thrust into a moment where their faith is really tested, they're, they're thrown for a loop. They don't know how to handle it. And um, being raised in church all my life, uh, I'm thankful for some of the foundational truths that I was given. I had a great love taught to me about prayer, about the presence of the Lord, uh, about anointing, about faith. But I think one of the, the negative sides that was there, and maybe this is why we went to the other way in, in the faith movement, seemed like the old generation believed that the only time you were really in tune with God is when you're just in great suffering. <clears throat> and um, the reality of our faith doesn't exclude suffering. But I do believe that there are seasons of suffering and then God moves you on from that. And so uh, <clears throat> you never know how strong your faith is until you've been in a good fight, especially with the enemy. And uh, I think it's in Peter. He talked about, he said, beloved, he said, don't think it strange concerning the fiery trial that you're going through. And one of the things that the enemy's doing now is he's trying to move people from their position. And <clears throat> one of the things that I truly lean on in my life is that when God is not speaking about the moment, then I live on what God has spoke to me the last time. And we're in a season where we're not hearing a lot of rhema word about what to do. So what you have to do is you have to stand on the, on the power of God. And Hebrews talks about this. It says, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And then he begins to talk about, he says, uh, some of them were tortured. They went through crude trials. He said they were scourgings. They were imprisoned. Some of them lost their lives. And we're thinking, this is believers. This is what happens with believers. Sometimes God will allow us to go through these things because when you have faith, 
it is going to be tested. And the modern church doesn't know how to deal with testing in the spirit realm because we just say, well, as a believer, God's always going to take care of me. But I can tell you this, that God allows trials to make us strong. And one of the reasons that the church of years gone by was so powerful was they had men and women that had walked through the valley of the shadow of death and came out uh, with great victory. Uh, <clears throat> God will give us, and I don't think in the Old Testament, uh, probably one of my greatest heroes is Job. I don't think we can even comprehend what this man went through, but uh, over perhaps a two or three month period, when you really study it, uh, he lost his wealth. He lost his, his marriage went down the tubes. He lost his health. He lost all 10 children that died. And, uh, you know, us losing our son recently, just losing one of my children, I cannot imagine what it would be like in one day for someone to come tell you all 10 of your children are dead. He lost his friends' respect. He lost his reputation. And yet he said this, Though God slay me, yet will I trust him. And unless you've made up in your mind, it doesn't matter what happens to me, I will serve God. And the faith that puts you in the fiery furnace will also be the same faith that gets you out. And God never leaves us there permanently. And uh, when you think about the Hebrew children, they stood there and they watched their nation bow down. They watched Israel bow down to a false god and begin to pay homage to it and worship it. And when they were given the threat of death, that if unless they fall down and worship, they're going to die. It's interesting that God did not speak to them in that moment. They didn't have a prophetic word that says, Thus saith the Lord, you stand your ground because I'm going to come through and deliver you. They had no word from the Lord. What their stance was, this is wrong. And I will not compromise my principles to extricate me from this situation. And they made this statement. They said, if God delivers us, and he will, but if he doesn't, we're still not bowing down. You cannot make deals with God. You cannot say, well, God, if you take me up to the edge of the furnace, but you keep me out of it, then I'll be strong and have faith and love you. But the moment your feet hit the fire, too many people bail on God. And God is needing some men and women in this hour that as they get close to the fiery furnace, though God has not spoken to them, they've already made up in their mind, it's wrong to bow down. And some of you are going through things that the enemy will give you an out. But whenever you take a shortcut to bail out of the will of God, you're on your own. But whenever you stay in the power of God and you stay in the presence of the Lord, I love the verse, I think it's in Psalms, it says, A, the man of God sweareth to his own hurt. There are some things in life, there are some things as a believer that though it will cost us, we will do it because it's the right thing. 
And the house of the Lord in this hour has to be built on men and women that do not allow the enemy to challenge them to the point that they are moved from their position in God. And I, I was thinking about Abraham. Uh, you know, God gives him this prophetic word and says at the age of 75, he told me, he said, you're going to have a son. And sometimes God will test your faith before he ever fulfills the prophetic word. And we go 12 years and God is still not giving Abraham a son. And so Abraham decides to do it in his own, his own way. And he, of course, he gets Hagar and he has the child Ishmael. And when Ishmael is born, then God speaks again. He said, I said, I'm going to give you a son, but she's, he's coming from Sarah. And when God got ready to release the real purpose of the Lord, he told Abraham, he said, you can't have an Ishmael and an Isaac in the same house. He said, I know you love Ishmael, but he said Ishmael was born out of unbelief. And he said, you're going to have to get rid of Ishmael before I can ever bless Isaac. And the first test of, Aaron, of Abraham's faith was about the seed that was in his loins. Some of what you are going through as a believer is because there is resonating in the womb of your spirit a prophetic seed that God wants to birth. And we have difficulty as, as believers waiting on the Lord. And uh, we, we just feel like, God, uh, why won't you come through? But can I tell you that that which God has promised, he is also able to perform. And uh, Peter has a great revelation on suffering. And of course, I, I think part of it was uh, he was so strong in himself until God broke him at Calvary and he denied Christ and he's weeping. And when he comes back to Christ, he feels such a failure. And yet the Lord picked him on the day of Pentecost to speak the word of the Lord to that church. And there was a shift in, in Apostle Peter. And, and when he was going to die, history says he looked at him and he said, you can't crucify me like you crucified Jesus. I'm not worthy. He says, you have to crucify me upside down. And the first pastor of the early church left this world hanging upside down on a cross, being tortured to death. But oh, don't you know, when he crossed over, there was a glorious moment. We have to embrace the fact that you cannot be powerful in God without suffering. And there are long seasons. Uh, I think of my own life, and I'm sure that many of you can think of how long uh, you have believed God for something or how much you've prayed for God to do something until it looks like God is not going to come through. And when God birthed Isaac and Abraham and Sarah are so excited about the fact that God has fulfilled the promise, I don't know if Abraham understood this at the moment, but God did not give Abraham a son because Abraham wanted a son. God gave Abraham a son because God needed a seed. And the seed was Isaac. And that day when he walked up to the top of the mount to fulfill God's challenge, 
what the Lord was after from Abraham was, you have to plant the seed. It came from your loins, and you have to plant the seed. The second time that Abraham was tested, it wasn't the enemy after the seed. It was the enemy after the harvest. I think many of us have already planted the seed by faith. You look back over your life and you've been through some very horrendous things and you're not realizing that you've already planted in the ground the seed of the Lord. Say then, Pastor, why am I under such an attack? Because we're not in planting time. We're in harvest time. This is the season of harvest. And so the enemy this time is coming against us because he wants to steal the harvest that's getting ready to come forth. And in, in the presence of the Lord, you just have to stand your ground. You cannot let the things of the enemy get you. And so um, I love this. I, I believe this with all my heart that God is the thermostat in your fiery furnace. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, we know this, that a thermostat controls the temperature in a room. And the Bible says this, that God will not allow us to be tempted above that which we are able to bear, but with every temptation, and really probably not a good word, but with every testing of your faith, the Scripture says that God gives us a way of escape. And... If you think about it, for most of you, you have survived so much. You've come through so many valleys. You've come out of so many horrendous situations. You've went through such great loss. But you're still serving God. You're still strong in the Lord. And um, we have to embrace the fact that there are times when we prof profess our faith then God always tests it. I, I can't think of a time in my life where there has not been promotion that's come, but there wasn't also before that a great testing. And, uh, and a lot of times uh, it's because it's not the enemy, it's God. And can I tell you this, that um, you can't rebuke what God does. There are some things you cannot rebuke, you have to endure, because it's not the devil doing it. Uh, I, I believe this, that as believers, there is a divine protection around us. And I do not think the enemy can breach it without God's permission. That's what the Lord told uh, the devil with Job. He said, I'll let you touch him, but this you will not do. God controls the heat of our trial. We determine how long it is by how we react and by the faith that we have. And um, the other night, my wife and I were, were talking and um, we, were, we were just reflecting on the loss that we had experienced with our son. And she said, you know, I just never believed that anything like that can happen to us. That, you know, we're, we're in the protection of the Lord and... I thought of the scripture that says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. There are some things that happen to us that God is never going to explain this side. And I have found that uh, the way that I have learned to live victorious in God is that 
I don't have to have God explain everything to me. That I know that I'm in the will of the Lord and that as long as you're in the will of God, you are safe. And the difficulties that you encounter when you're in the will of God always work for your good. Say, well, pastor, how can, you know, losing somebody or going through a loss of divorce or a business or whatever, how can that be for our good? It, it just turns out it's the way God does it. That's his word for all things, not some things. All things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Uh, your strength in God is really measured by how you endure difficult times. That endurance doesn't mean for a moment, it means that you continue and you say, well, it's really not fair. It is fair because the scripture says of Jesus, he endured the cross. Nowhere in the scriptures does the Bible say that at Calvary, Jesus began to bind the devil, began to rebuke Satan, saying this is not the will of God. He understood. He said, for this purpose was I born. Some of you, with the life that you live and the difficulties that you go through, are such a testimony to those around you that watch your life that only in eternity will you find out, oh my, I made such a difference and I did not know it. Don't let difficult times make you move from your position, be willing to swear to your own hurt, be willing to walk through the valley and the shadow of death if that's where God leads you because you will come out on the other side. And so today, um, I, I want to just leave you with a couple of things. Um, the Bible says that our light affliction, maybe, maybe I can, uh, let me read this to you because this is such a powerful uh, portion of Scripture. This is in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 4. It says, um, verse 16, For which cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Your, your outward man, our natural man, can really go through some difficult times. And I love this verse because what I'm trying to say to you is when your outward man is suffering, don't let your inward man suffer. Though we go through a suffering in the outward, he said our inward man, the spirit man in us, God renews day by day. And then he enters into this verse. He says, for our light affliction. You think, oh my, how could what I'm going through be classified as light? It's almost like God is just minimizing it. It's not... Because one verse says this, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared to the glory that is going to be revealed in us. For our light affliction is but for a moment, but it worketh for us 
a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You have no idea, many of you, what God is producing in you that is so much greater than what you're going through. The last verse of this chapter says, while we look not at things which are seen, but are things which are not seen. For the things which we see are temporary, but the things which we cannot see are eternal. Whatever you go through, it'll be worth it. If you went down through history and you looked at all of the believers that had to give their lives up for the gospel, I think that's what throws us. We've, we've went so long in America without anybody suffering, that everything is great and prosperous, that we can't hardly wrap our minds around that sometimes you have to pay a price. What we need the most in the house of God is anointing that breaks the yoke. And anointing is very expensive. It's precious oil. And so I want to encourage you in your, in your dark times, in your valleys, you seek the Lord. You seek his face. Because, and I know this from experience, even when God doesn't change your natural circumstances, he will strengthen you he can give you joy in the midst of sorrow. He can give you the strength in the, in the midst of weakness. He can give you peace when you're in the midst of the troubled storm. You be encouraged in the Lord today. You hold your ground. You never bow down. You never give up. But you stand on the word of the Lord. God bless you. I love you. For more information about Kent Christmas Ministries International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.